0: you know very well who you are you're my you've had a few but not that many cause you're the only one that gives me good and plenty I'm gonna start singing the songs Morgan so we can get the right we ain't even gotta worry about the music anymore I'm gonna just start singing the songs I just had that idea are you there Morgan? Um. I can't co-sign. I can't co-sign on that idea. I can't (laughs) co-sign. I literally like it might be genius. (laughs) It could be like karaoke. We could do the karaoke version. Oh, that's the perfect plan right there. That's exactly what I'm trying to say. We could do the karaoke version. And if you don't know, now you know. I'm so glad you did the uh, clean one. Where he goes, now you know, you know, you know. You can't be on Black History oh. do camp. This is part of ancestors. You can't. You can't. You can't. You can't. You can't. <laughs> I know. You know I we know. love Notorious uh, But anyway. Uh, hey, girl. Welcome, everybody. I took am feeling good. you feeling good? I'm outside Penn Station, and there's a helicopter literally hovering over. I don't know what's happening. <laughs> no, it's the ghetto bird. I can hear you. I can okay, hear you. Okay, Awesome. You know where I am. Um, walking on the cobblestones. Uh, why don't you tell everybody what we're doing, Morgan, so. if they're new to this conversation? If you're new and maybe you just are a fan of today's topic, and you just stumbled across Black History Bootcamp, my name's Morgan Dixon. That's Vanessa Garrison. We're doing a walking podcast, 21 days to create a habit to save your own life, and it's powered by an organization called Girl Trek. And Vanessa is walking now in New York City, Penn Station, headed to, I think, Baltimore. And okay. And that's me, literally just got off of the airplane and I landed in Africa back home after an eventful three days in New York City. Thank you all for your support. Thank you and shout out to the women who came out in Harlem yesterday, for a walk, talk with us to shoot some, some training footage for other crew leaders. Just really appreciate everybody. So that's who we are. That's what we're doing. I'm outside this this day. Yesterday, I was on the struggle bus. I got my allergy medicine. Ate me some chicken. I'm feeling good. That's (laughs) all I'm saying. I'm feeling good. You've already done a lot. And actually, I believe that today is the last day to vote for Girl Trek to win the People's Voice Award, not People's Choice Award, Morgan taught me this yesterday, the People's Voice (laughs) Award for the Webbys. And when I tell you y'all, let me just reiterate what Morgan said. We are walking, we are outside, we are producing a podcast. And she just landed, she flew from New York where she was producing the podcast and walking yesterday to Africa, where she is now walking and doing the (laughs) podcast today. I am doing the podcast currently from the entrance of Penn Station, where my train will be leaving in approximately 39 minutes. But I was like, I could get in this walking podcast. This is going to be a real 30-minute walk. And I could talk about Didi and Morgan. I was, if nothing else, we deserve the vote, because this is not a small feat. Y'all yeah, go to that Webby thing. Because when I went, we was in second place. I was like, oh, I don't know. Like, we like were we in first place, place yesterday when did you go? I'm just trying to round the people up Vanessa. I'm trying to round Okay, the yeah. Up. Well, look we <laughs> might, look. every Everybody vote counts y'all so y'all let's keep it going let's keep it going let's keep yeah, it going yeah no that's a lot Vanessa. I when I was flying over the Atlantic Ocean I was like yesterday I was literally in Harlem across from Dinosaur Barbecue and today yeah. I'm literally flying into the motherland but it's not as pulled together as you might think because I don't got on no bra I got an old school door sweatband and my <laughs> it ain't the best look in these streets today, y'all. It ain't the best look in these streets. But uh, I'm grateful to be here. So let's learn about this. Let's get it in. And you don't learn a minute. Exactly, know. conversation that we are getting ready to have. First of all, if you got today's email, and if you're get, not getting the emails, that means you need to head to blackhistorybootcamp.com where we have a companion email that comes out with each of these episodes. We had a call to action in there and the call to action was to tweet Diddy and go on Instagram and invite him to today's conversation. So Diddy might be out there listening right now. I hope you are, Diddy, because that's the type of stuff Morgan and I attract to us. And if you are, we would love for you to tweet us back at Trek or Instagram us at Trek, slide into our DMs or even call me. And let me know that Yay, you are Ditty. on the call. Yes. And Diddy, if you this. are here, can you please bring back your reality show? Because it was the best reality show in the history of TV. Ditty. Remember Daylon? <laughs> uh hi, <laughs> First of all, we can't how can you not how can you forget Making the Man, which aired from two thousand two <laughs> to two thousand nine was a classic piece of television and hopefully taught all so of us good. about what it looks like to be a boss. Because that's what they like so actually. Good. Morgan, the, let's, I'm going to pull a clip right now, actually, of Diddy. And it's Diddy basically telling people to, I, I want to tell them, to, I told the people to queue it up. It's the, it's the clip where I told, um, I said, get it right. We're going to pull this clip of Diddy from a documentary that I also put in the email that I highly recommend. It's on YouTube. It's called uh, Can't Stop, Won't Stop. Stop. And it's about the Bad Boy Reunion Tour that just happened in like 2017. And on this tour, he displays some classic Diddy making the band energy when he is talking to his people about stuff not going right. And I want to play this clip, Morgan, because a big part of this conversation (laughs) for me today is for us to talk about excellence. And what it looks like to have excellence, and to call our people to excellence, and the pushback that we might get, but that how some of us are called to do that in our crews as crew leaders. So, y'all, play this clip of Diddy talking to the team. I just got chills. That's good, Vanessa. Let's go. It's never gonna fly. All right, stop doesn't sound like the record. It's never gonna sound like the record without the right drums or something. Y'all playing this shit like we a wedding band or something. I don't know what the fuck is going on. <laughs> we ain't a wedding band. This shit's not the jazz festival, none of that shit. You know what I'm saying? Let me be perfectly clear. I don't give a fuck at this point. What has to be done? Who has to be called in? I can't do it. I don't have time with it coming in 10 days, but... What, you want to go back and forth for me tonight? I want to tell you I am on the same fucking page. They ain't going to have to tell me, like, this is what I got. This is what you have to have. This is what's, what's only going on. My life don't work like that. I can make anything happen. I hope you heard the clip where he said this is not an effing wedding band. And he told him it ain't going down like this. And then he told him he don't no, care he what it happened, it. <laughs> <laughs> He said it ain't to He didn't have to say it like that. <laughs> he did have to say it like that, Morgan. And genuinely... He did have to say it like that because when we talk about we'll get into his legacy in just a minute when we're talking about Diddy and why he's still standing and let me tell you the tragedies that that man has actually suffered are not insignificant. I'll actually even I'll do a rundown of it but when we talk about the tragedies that he's overcome you have to be excellent with your life to still be in the position that he's in right now and that's one of my takeaways. If you think about Diddy and I'm going to go through this first of all Everybody thinks about the death of Notorious B.I.G. And like, wow, he was able to bounce back from that. But I wanted to go through his story a little bit. He was fired from Uptown Records, and we'll talk about that. In 1991, I don't know if you guys remember that, him and Heavy D. did a huge fundraiser at City College of New York. And there was a, um, a stampede after, and nine people died. Then Notorious B.I.G. was murdered. And then the love of his life, Kim Porter, died. And then his his mentor, Andre Harrell died. And so when you think about uh, Diddy Morgan and we see him on Instagram and we, t- we see him talking about his name as Love, which we'll talk about in a second too. I just want to even uplift that this is a man who has been through something, and he is still standing. And I think he is still standing because he requires around him that people have excellence and he has called people to a higher calling in their life. And I like that message because I think we have to do that. So that's why I want that's why I had that clip in the first place. I like that message too, but I also think you can do it in a loving way. And I think he realized it. I mean, I love excellence too. And I try, and sometimes when you demand excellence, people think that it is some reflection on who they are or their personal worth. And it really isn't. Yeah. It's, a, it's a reflection of who you believe you are and what you demand around you. And I and I feel like I live that, Vanessa. And I feel like I am learning, and through my own personal pursuit, learning how to do that with love. That's all. Yes. Yeah. So I think no, you can you I can experience a lot of trauma in your life, and I think Diddy would agree if he came on. Diddy hit us up if you all. I think you would agree that it's like like sometimes you got to call people to the table, and that that discomfort is just what it is, right? But I don't think that's you have. Right. I but you know, discomfort is is growth, and that's okay, but I also think you can you can try and find a way to do it with love and it doesn't even always feel like love to them, but I'm just saying and I actually, and I watched having done a lot of studying in him, I even think he was doing it with love, you know what I'm saying like, sometimes yeah. we get caught up in Maybe, like the bravado yeah. or the language of it but one, I think he was specific and accurate. And when we talk about feedback, right, we need to be specific and accurate. Two, I think his passion came from trying to explain to people the power of the moment. And I think that Mm -hmm. it was passion more than it was anything else in the way he describes stuff when he's asking people to do things or when he's telling them that it's not right. I don't read it as not love, but I do see how it can be jarring to people, right? And that's one of the things that Delivering feedback is so hard and finding your voice is so hard and I've really struggled with it over time. And so sometimes we get tripped off with our words or we become too aggressive or we become too one way or the other. But I think it's just about being confident in what you're saying and then having people around you who trust you enough to say, even when they're sharing me this, sharing with me this feedback and it might feel a certain type of way, I know it's coming from a love place. And if you don't have yeah. that trust with people, then that's where nobody can know where to come from. Actually a loved going, place I'm actually going I'm going from hurry I'm going from her reaction, not even from his intention, because it, yeah. there's a difference between your intention and the impact you have on people, and her reaction seems hurt, and I'm saying, I think you do have to be confident, and I think you do have to say what you want, and, and not mince words, but I think you have to do it in a, you know, um, we, were, we were out with one of our um, teammates yesterday, and she said, well, you know, Morgan, you're blunt, and I was like, I'll take it. I am blunt, because I asked yeah. her what I want, and I don't equivocate yeah. and I don't equivocate yeah. because I deserve it. And because black women deserve it and black women deserve excellence. And I'm saying there's a way to be cogent and forthright and, and even demanding and also respectful. And I hope that that's true sure. because that's why I want to be. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. So I hear you on that. If you have thoughts and opinions, by the way, on excellence and, which I agree, not equivocating, which is something that is a message from Diddy, he didn't equivocate. He really had a clear vision for what he wanted. Yeah. Yeah, he had a clear vision for what he wanted. But if y'all have opinions, please tweet us or use hashtag Black History Bootcamp and let us know. Uh, Go to our Instagram and tell us uh, how you're feeling about the conversation so far. I would love to hear. Did you know, Morgan? I mean, this is in the context of... of this is in the context of growing up, I was in a marching band where my, where my marching band instructor used to yell all kind of MS and throw stuff. And he was the love of my life. You know what I mean? Like I, cause I knew it was right. from a place where he wanted excellence. You know, he, he came from like a black band tradition at Southern and he was a drum major there and he just demanded excellence. So I'm just, I, I don't, I understand what you're saying. And I also think that the universe is calling us to be, is calling us higher to be, um, to, to, to have some level of gentleness around how we love each other. I don't actually. I think you can. Precise. And and that's what I'm just. I'm praying that I can be that. So you know me, Vanessa. I sometimes say stuff. Just heard me on those sports. I was like, excuse me. Nope. Uh-uh. Like I do understand who I am. I have a yeah. lot of good qualities, but I'm. No, I have, I have heard you, and that's what I'm actually yeah. saying, Morgan, is that I know that other people on the other side of you even standing up for yourself and on all of the things, they sometimes can have the same exact interpretation that people have had of Diddy. That's actually what I'm even saying yeah. is that it's hard out here to stand in your own and to have a voice and to know what your vision is and to lead people and, and to do it in a way that also honors other people, shows up. It's, it's challenging to be a leader. <laughs> it's challenging to be a leader. It is challenging. Is, but I, it's challenging. So to give grace is, I think, what it is. And I think that Diddy himself actually has created part of his persona, though, because that's all of what Making the Band is around the way that he is demanding. And I think he actually, I, he was in an interview with Oprah Winfrey, and she actually asked him about it. And he talked about it there. And he was just like, I really am demanding. He doesn't actually shirk away from it. But then he talks about love actually in another, in another in another part of the interview. Speaking of love, by the way, Morgan, let's talk a little bit. We talked about this yesterday. We were talking about name changes and Tough Daddy, Diddy, P. Diddy, Sean Cone, now Love has had many names. This is one of the most prominent themes that have come through Black History Bootcamp. And I was like, wow, Morgan and I were just talking about the power to change your name and through changing your name to change your life. And Puffy, who's had many names over the course of his career, he said two things that really stood out to me about his name changes. One, he said, he got the name Puffy. He got the name Puppy because he used to puff his chest out when he was walking around his pool and they were like, it's Puppy. And I love I loved that visual because you got to puff your chest out, somebody, sometimes, y'all, and you got to have a name for it. But then when he started rapping, he started going by P. Diddy, and it was Notorious B. I. G. who started calling him P. Diddy. He was like, but actually, at, at concerts, he was like, my fans were having a conflict. He was like, Cause P. Diddy diddy he was like and some people were saying diddy and some people were saying b p so he was like i removed the p because i wanted to get closer to my fans and i understood the concert experience of having everybody chant your name at once and wanting it to um be in unison and in concert and what that meant i love that because it shows that he really understands performing which of course he does and then recently he changed his name to love and he talked about it and he says look we go through seasons in our life and we have different iterations essentially of who we are and this is a season in which and he used some beautiful words he was like I want to call the tribe home and he was like and so this is it he was like it's time to call the tribe home and he was like and you call the tribe home yeah. with love and that he believes. You do that's my point which, that's my mistake. Yep. You my call this. I think we've been called home through violence for so long or through harshness. We've rallied ourselves through harshness and through perseverance and through the crack of a damn labor whip for so long that I don't want to be called like that anymore. That's all I'm saying. And this is yeah. a new revelation for me, y'all. It's about four five months. I'm not trying to be brand new. I'm not trying to be brand new. And, and the staff's probably rolling their eyes like this just asked me for a report this morning. Yes, I did. And I love you. And I want to figure out how to, you know, I want to figure out how to do both. So I, that really resonates with me with what he's saying. Yeah, really. Resonates. He also said yeah. about words, and this is connected to the conversation that we had about Rock Nation. He said that especially after the Notorious B.I.G. passed away, he was like, I started talking to my artist about the words that we use. He said, because I lost my best friend And he was shot and he was like, and it wasn't lost on him that Biggie's albums were called Ready to Die and Life After Death and that one of his album covers was shot in a cemetery. And he said anything that he has ever put on record, he has seen come true. So now he tries to teach his artists and ask them and he says, he challenges them, is that what you're really trying to say? He said, I don't tell them not to say it, but I do challenge them and ask them, is that really what you're trying to say? And I loved that too, because I think that Mm. sometimes We are, I think oftentimes we are, especially in anger, by the way, and especially in like fearful moments or stretch moments, we are using words and we're not, and the meanings aren't there, or we don't really know what we're trying to say, or we don't understand the impact of our words, or we haven't really thought it through in that way. And I thought that that was really powerful. It's actually the reason why I pledged to stop cursing on Black History Book Camp, one, because I want kids to be able to listen to it, but two, because it's not ever precise. You understand what I mean right. when you use... First, the words are actually pretty toxic if you think about what they actually are. And then, especially MS. And then it, it always feels lazy to me. It feels colorful, but it also feels lazy to me. And I want to be more precise with what I manifest in my life. You're right. So it's one of the reasons I thought... But oh, boy, I've be missing when I've I disagree with excited. that, I want to say. I believe okay. that as a lot of course words are very precise. And I, it's, it's just individual. But for me, it's like there is actually a precision in emoting feelings that people that i think come through when people are you is that you know i don't think it's like cuss up a storm but i think that there are some specificities and language around testing that i understand and i think no, I sometimes like motherfuck like, is the most accurate all. thing that you could say oh, yeah, no, I agree. yeah 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 disagree so that's okay. and, but that's it, okay that's okay it is it is it is, and I'm not, and I don't, and there's space for you to say whatever you want and be colorful, and I love it, but I'm just saying, like, I'm, I'm trying, I'm just trying something new. It might be different next month. I'm trying something new. Yeah. No, you are, and, then, and, and if you hear me cussing, just know that is really the accuracy of what I'm trying to say at that moment, like, in a way that yeah. I just be like, this is really what I actually mean and trying to say. So let's talk, yeah. Morgan, no, a little don't bit more it. about the man we call Sean John Combs. Who was First of all, I want to also give a shout out to, hopefully, um, somebody is on the line. Did you know that he has an all-Black team, an all-Black female team that's running Ciroc? It's actually led by a woman named Ingrid Best, and they're, like, revolutionizing. They were saying, like, the beverage industry, which has been dominated by white men, and he put an all-Black female team in place. So I just want to uplift that and celebrate it. It's this. amazing. I went into a liquor store here, just right around the corner in Ghana. And they had a mural of all the like Jimmy Dean and whoever. Jimmy Dean, I think, is sausage. <laughs> Jimmy Bean, no. Jim Bean is so good. Yeah, a- Jim Bean, that's it. Thank you, Jim Bean. And like, you know, all the different brewers, famous brewers of, of liquor. And it was all white men on the wall in the middle of Africa. And I was like, y'all don't got no Haitian rum or something. <laughs> I was like, y'all got not, not nothing here, but I should have said, y'all don't got no Siraka up in here. And, I, and put Diddy on there. That's what I should have said. It's a whole mural, and it's and it's so it's jarring because it's a whole it's like fifteen white men on the wall. And I was like, wow, is that kind um, of a clever concept? But yeah, go ahead. No, I was saying every time I go into a liquor store, I do be feeling like I just gotta buy some Rock for support. Like not even, like I be feeling that way. Like I just gotta buy some tequila for support. Um, it's one of those things where it's like I feel like uh, Diddy has done a good job at it feeling pride in people in this way, and that's one of the other yeah. reasons that people really want to support him. Yeah. Yeah. He's a manifesting genius. I mean, I went back and I was just listening on the way back from, we went to the beach and it's it's like a seven hour drive way, way down uh, to Axum. And I listened to Diddy probably for the hour. <laughs> he mm-hmm. He's so positive. Like he, The he way is. he talks about his life is so crystal clear about the majesty that he's expecting to come into his life. And it'd just be hype. I'd just be pumped. That's exactly how he talked about it, Morgan. He talked, he's talked about it in several interviews. And he was like, and it even goes back to what he was saying uh, when the conversation we were just talking about around, you know, his, uh, his vision. But he was just saying, he was like, the pathways have not always been what I expected. But he was like, there's not anything that has actually come into my existence that I didn't expect. Somebody was asking him, they were doing an interview in Vanity Fair, and they were at his home, and they were describing it exactly as we would imagine, y'all, opulent and beautiful and glass and water. And they was like, everybody's just handing you things and helping you out. And then the reporter asked him, she was like, wow, did you ever imagine you'd be here? And he was like, I haven't actually, um, he was like, yes, and I imagine more and I haven't actually gotten there yet. And I I love that about him. And I love it about him, especially if you study his career. And remember when he was in the Raisin in the Sun, the Broadway production that was filmed on television? He was so good. Uh, He's stretching, he so right? Good. He is continuously stretching himself into ways that even say, like, I am not done yet. I am willing to try new things. When he came out with Sean John clothing and opened up his store on Fifth Avenue, he was the first black man to have a store on Fifth Avenue. And people said that that couldn't be done. He was like, I would, and people were just like, why is he actually going in this direction? When he, even when he opened, when he started doing Ciroc, there were so many people who were like them in their nose and like Ciroc is outperforming all the vodka in the country. It's like the best-selling vodka in the country. Unbelievable! So, it is for I those. Think I, saw, um, I, think who, I saw that on Broadway. I think I saw it. He's so he's such a textured actor. He has talent. He has talent yeah, as an actor. He does have talent. I, I He does have talent. He was also in uh, was it, um, it was film. Was it film or Broadway? Yeah, I feel it was. Like I saw it. So it must have been a film. It was film. Yeah, it was a. It was a um, television. Like yeah, it was. But it was. If they was followed the it? script was, almost it? exactly. Uh, Felicia who was on Rashad, I believe. Was it oh, Viola Davis? She was, which one was Viola Davidson You I don't know. Oh, that was was that Hot Ten Roof? <laughs> no, that was Fensin's. <laughs> that's, <laughs> <ignorant. laughs> that's ignorant <laughs> that's ignorant. They kinda all blended in my mind. I thought Princess Shout out to you August Wilson. She's I mean? the greatest the greatest playwright. Um remember yes. we saw August Wilson I, yes, in LA? I did. Yep. I do. Uh, Me and Vanessa went to go see August Wilson in LA and we were the only black people for miles. (laughs) For miles, for miles. We was in the middle of like this aristocratic, white, very, very wealthy group of people who came to see this August Wilson play. And it was uncomfortable because the August Wilson play deals with her real stuff. And we were just sitting there yeah. in the middle. <laughs> just like, what? Uh, Janine just like, texted us to say it was Fences. there was Viola Davis. We really appreciate oh, thank you all you, when you carry information with us, by the way. So, Morgan, I want to get into the story, though, y'all, because I got a train to catch. And Diddy has a lot to happen in his life. And I want to let you know that okay. the man who was born in Harlem, and he reps Harlem so tough, he was raised by his mother, Morgan, after his father was shot when he was four and killed when he was four years old. He said his mother, who I want met once, Met in person, by the way. She has the most flawless skin I have ever seen. And she's a flossy lady with a blonde wig and a fur coat. And he was like, he got all of his style from her and he got his hustle from her. He was like, she worked three jobs um, to put him in Catholic. He went to a Catholic boys' school in the Bronx. And he said, um, he really learned a lot from his mom. After he graduated, he famously went to, uh, to study business administration at Howard University. He said, Howard didn't just change his life. Morgan, but it entered his soul, his heart, his being, and his spirit. And this is another plug for what happens when you go to an HBCU and what the educators are doing there. At Howard, he was famously known for producing the best weekly parties on campus, and he was also working at the Marriott, and he was running the shuttle, and he was like, I was doing a lot, but he was like, I believe in myself. His parties were popping, Morgan, and he started going back to New York where he was doing parties up there, too. That's where Heavy D, at, the, at Puff Daddy was 19 years old, and Heavy D introduced him to Andre Harrell, who was running Uptown Records. If y'all don't know anything about Uptown Records, know that it was the home of the flyest, it was the birth of, like, ghetto fabulousness, and they were producing hits. And so Pub Daddy came in, Morgan, and he immediately um, was successful. And Andre Harrell was like, I remember the very first thing I asked Puff Daddy to do was to go across town and to get some, like, some business envelopes for him or some, some papers. And he was like, he got back so, so fast that I was like, wait, did you, how did you get back after? And so he was like, I ran. What else do you need me to do? And he was like, and that was the spirit that he's always had. So at That's Uptown, right. Morgan, yes. But that was he, counts. did he come on as a rapper or a producer? No, he, This I'm getting ready to tell this story. It's so good. He came on as an intern and he was doing artist development. And so he was helping artists essentially find their swag, find their voice, like figure out their personas, like all of that stuff. Until one day, the famous producer, Teddy Riley, who we all know from Guy, who was producing a lot of the hits at that time, missed his studio sessions. He was booked for a big recording session, Morgan, and he was a no show. And he said, and Puppy said, I just was like, I'm going to step in and he stepped in and utilized the time that Teddy Riley had in the studio and he started doing something where he took the mixtapes of this artist Brucey B and Kid Capri, who I think a lot of us know, he took their mixtapes, which were full of beats, and he blended them with R&B and he blended them with Jodeci, who was an artist uh, uh, of the group at the time on Uptown Records, acapella version of You Girl, and that that was his first record two million oh, copies sister, he sold yes God. come and talk to me ah really that that song he produced on the day that teddy riley didn't show up to the uh studio and he had this vision that we could start to blend r&b and hip-hop from there though morgan andre harrell was like puff daddy's ego was getting out of control and he was going around uptown he was rising up the ranks he was a vice president he was telling the folks what he wanted what he needed for his artists and andre harrell famously fired puff daddy Andre Harrell was like, I didn't have a choice. He was actually ruffling so many feathers, and the way that he was acting, he had to actually go. Now, keep in mind, they uh, remained friends for a long time, and so that's actually even one of the lessons sometimes even your mentor might have to fire you and let you go if you are acting up. From there, though, Puff Daddy couldn't be stopped, Morgan. He actually went to Clive Davis, who was a major, um, you know, record producer, and he paid. He played Clive Davis the famous Craig Mack flavor in your ear, and Clive Davis was like, "I knew this man it understood what talent was." Oh, yeah. oh, yes. he ear. said he just, just knew. I, I. He knew, and he gave, um, and he gave Puppy forty million dollars, and then and night and from there, by the way. Bad Boy became the fastest growing label in history, and they had five platinum records in a row, which was unprecedented. This was all in 1993. This is when uh, Puffy started Bad Boy Entertainment, and he was working with everyone from Mariah Carey to New Edition, Method Man, Lil' Kim, Faith Evans. Like The hits are just go on and on. If you got the email today, the playlist is fire. And Morgan, he said intentionally that he wanted to go happy in his music. He was like, I wanted to go as far away from gangster as I could get in terms of like the sound, in terms of like the way they dress. And he, he was like, because that was the energy that I believed that we needed. He was like, and we had enough street credibility. We had Notorious B.I.G. He was like, people were doing their real things in their real communities. But my story was actually to pull Black people away from like the gangster kind of image of like, we had to be struggling and move us into a happy place. He set up a house in Sarsdale, New York. He, ha- he was sleeping on the floor. This is like a real hustle story. And from that house is where he produced some of like uh, Bad Boy's most famous records for 112 and for Mace. And he he's- it was built around a superstar team. This is one of the other things that I loved about this conversation as it relates to Cruz. He was like, yes, I was a great producer. But he was like, I was better at even getting the producers and building them up. So he had a famous team of producers that were called the Hitmen. It was 12 of them. And the Hitmen together produced uh, sales of over 21 million albums in just 18 months Morgan they had the club on fire they had the streets on fire people was like you would go to the club and the whole club two hours they wouldn't play anything but songs that Puffy or the Hitman have produced Jay-Z even now, had it used to be confused that at, it used to be confusing at that time because you was like now which May song is this they all fired right You'd be like oh no which May song <laughs> is this? yeah, yeah. Exactly. Jay-Z said of uh, Puff Daddy, he was like, he was the first to really, he was up until that point. He was like, hip hop was so much about like, this is our hood. We claiming our box. We ain't going nowhere. We ain't going to be acting brand new. He was like, that was like the message. You know, even when we got money, we're not going to be acting brand new. He was like, but Diddy was the first people to say, first person to be like, all right. I'm gonna come back to the block. I'm gonna see y'all later, but I have other places to go. And Jay Z was like, that was what pushed him actually to start expanding like his horizons. He was like, Puffy was the first person to come in and be like, we can still claim our blocks, but we can have like bigger aspirations for for more, which is what he did. Right though, Morgan, at the heart of his career, do you remember in 1999 the whole J Lo thing? Yeah, he was dating J Lo they were at a club. It was with Shine and his bodyguard and he got uh, a shooting went off. People were injured and he had like four charges. He was facing a ton of jail time. And he was like, that really actually, um, it created in him like a new spirit to get connected closer, by the way, to God. And he was like, it's not actually even an accident to him that even right now Mace." and shine and a lot of the artists who came through bad Boy, he was like our preaching he was like because we have preacher spirit and he was like and we have been through things and we have stories to tell and he was like and i'm not surprised that the artists that i have helped to curate are now standing in that space and even diddy himself is like uh using his platform for kingdom work in a way that i think is really really inspiring no they've been they've been preaching that's what i'm saying that's what i was listening to on the way from the beach they've been preaching They've been saying this is what you can have if you just believe a little bit more in yourself. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like they've been preaching. So I wasn't surprised either when they became a preacher. I wasn't surprised and I either. Fo- I follow love every single day like like a leadership guru. I think he is I think he is profound. I think some of the stuff he's doing is profound and I like the direction he's leaning and it um it feels good to watch him. It feels good to watch him and I was thinking about the whole East Coast, West Coast feud and you know he's talked about it over his career and how disappointed he was to even be involved in it and how the tragedies of uh, both Tupac and Biggie losing their lives but I was just like I don't think I don't know anybody who like to imagine that he survived that era right and he didn't just survive it but he's thriving and to be able to come through that and to still have the career he has speak so much, speak so powerfully. I know, I'm sure you've heard that Snoop Dogg just purchased Death Row Records. And... In this dope ass interview was like, first of all, I purchased Death Row Records so that I could give put the money in the hands of the people who never got the money. He was like, So the first thing I'm about to do is put Nadewog's family on, I'm about to go back and get Dad's family, I'm about to go get back and get all the people who didn't get their money from Death Row Records and make sure that they're set and straight. Warren G, he was mentioning, he was like set and straight for life. He was like, and then regulator though, and Yes, he and he was it like, was and cool he and Diddy guy. talked, Morgan, and he and Diddy are going to form a partnership with Death Row Records and Bad Boy Records. And so I want us to imagine that what can come out of the rubble of what happened to both Biggie and Tupac and what that, and that feud. And then now here we can be 25 something years later and to have these two black men as businessmen making moves that say the story isn't gonna end in that tragedy, the story has a different chapter and the story is gonna be us as black men coming together um, to talk about unity in that way. I love that. I love that. I love it too. I love it too. And it it reminds me, by the way, that we all have. And this was really the theme for me throughout Puff, the story of Puffy. There are themes and seasons. There are seasons in our life. And the people who have the ability, Morgan, to flow with the seasons of their life, and to have the faithfulness through the down seasons, and to understand and connect those lessons, and to bring them back forth. They are the ones who are able to thrive. And I know right now there are some people who are in a West Coast, East Coast season of your life where it's a feud happening. Or you're in the season of your life where um, you're getting sued like he was getting sued and you might be facing jail. Or you're in the season of life as he was. And this was, it was in 1991 when the nine people were killed um, in the stampede at the concert that he and Heavy D put on. Just keep in mind, he came back from that. That was before we even knew him. Most people would have tapped out right there, but he understood that that was a season in his life. And he has navigated those seasons Faithfully, and that is the message that I want us to take from this Diddy story today, which is whatever season of life you are in right now, if it is a struggle season, you can come up, and you might be in a blessed season, but but to understand and know that even if it drops back down, that you won't be counted out, and that there is still so much more possibility for you, and that there is still so much more opportunity for you, and that God's story for you, because that's what Diddy said, he was like, God's story for me is bigger. It's bigger. He said this in his interview with Oprah that's really good that I'll share on our social media. He was like, God's story for my life is so much bigger. (sighs) That's all I got today. Yeah. I think regulators now. (laughs) Regulator. <laughs> it was a so. cool black. I loved Warren G. back in the day. Me and Sahira used to hear you love her. I love him. That's really good. The, the Above the Rim soundtrack still goes hard as I think it's oh the top three best so music, movie soundtracks ever to be made. Yeah. Above be
1: made. the Rim soundtrack
0: was, was the feature, above oh, even the movie. It was so good. There were so many hits on there. Um, you know what other was, soundtrack was good was Boomer, Boomerang soundtrack was good, too. Um, yeah, what you were saying about seasons I was actually thinking about, that's why I was quiet I was like, because half the time when you're in the season of your life first of all, people not, might not even recognize something to changed, and then people might not be ready for you to be it's, when you're in a season of struggle people rally for you when you're in a season yeah. a season of praise people don't always rally and they sometimes resent and they sometimes hold you in where you used to be. You understand what I mean? In this way that- I I do understand it, Morgan. And in fact, actually, Diddy himself said, and I know we all remember this, he actually received a ton of criticism. There was a time where it was not popular to like Diddy or his music. And people were saying that basically he was biting all of the samples. He was a beat jacker is what they were calling him. They were like the shiny suits. They were like, he's not authentic hip hop. But that even for him to be able to withstand that season and to withstand that public criticism is exactly what you're talking about. But even when he starts calling himself love, people might not be ready for that. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, that's why I was that's why I actually stopped the conversation about cursing because I don't actually want to. I don't want to play the cool game. I don't even want to defend myself. I just want to spiral up, Vanessa. I just want to tr- stretch and try and, like, try to do something else. Maybe go on a silent retreat. I don't know. But I just know what works for me and what doesn't work for me energetically. And I was just like, I'm trying. But it's not always popular. It's not always Morgan, popular to, Morgan. to change or try. Morgan, you just said what? energetically. I have a clip. We have to play it. First of all, this oh, okay. is a little bit – because. This is how you change your. If you do not know how to change your energy, y'all, one way, one of the most powerful ways to change your energy is to take a walk. Diddy knows this too. So I want y'all to listen to this clip and hear what he talks about about energy. But I was letting you know how I was doing. You know what I'm saying? If you can't see my face, you're in the wrong place. You have to fix your energy. It's not, that's not, you have to fix your energy else you have to go. You have to fix your energy. That's all I'm asking you. got to respect, just fix your energy. All right, so go for a walk, fix your energy because I'm not, I'm not feeling it. Fix your energy, brother. We got work to do. Yeah. <laughs> That's it, Morgan. That's the advice. So like you I gotta so fix, your fix your energy. Just <laughs> go for a walk. Just do something. Go for a walk. Fix your energy.
1: Yeah. That's- yes. We
0: it used to be one of our um, norms when we would have meetings. There's so many of you on the who are walking with us today on the phone. Who have come to the mountaintop or come to Girl Check trainings or whatever, and it used to be one of our norms is audit your energy. Don't like audit the energy that you bring into the room because only you can do it. And I'm saying it it is unfortunate that he has to call somebody out for bringing some rotten energy into the room, but you sometimes have to. You sometimes have to, and you sometimes need it. Actually, you need it from your friends. Like, and he was constructive. State. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah that's actually what I'm saying. It's like, he was just like, that's doing somebody a favor almost, even to just be like, yeah. you know, I can I c- feel this, but also do this constructive thing and just come back. Like, I be needing that. Yeah. I really yeah, do be needing that sometimes for somebody cool. to tell me. So, got yeah, I, me um, me hope everybody has enjoyed this conversation. I hope that at this conversation gets to Diddy one way or the other Diddy we love you we want to see to rock at the stress protest and all sorts of other things so hit us up <laughs> uh, we are about to go out on my favorite bad boy song is Carl Thomas Summer Rain yes Morgan we're going to end on Carl Thomas Summer Rain because it puts me into the right mood and this is the mood we're going to go out on and we will be back to end the week tomorrow thank you for joining us